Strong bodies, kind hearts, unstoppable minds. You're listening to Strong Girls Pod, where strong women share their stories to inspire strong girls. Welcome to episode 10 and our season one finale of Strong Girls Pod, brought to you by WIS. For our phenomenal finale, we have brought on current Stanford women's basketball standout, 2023 WBCA Defensive Player of the Year, three times Pac-12 champion, 2021 national champion, USA 3x3 basketball world champion and MVP of the tournament, and former Strong Girls United mentor, Cameron Brink. I could keep listing the accolades for days, but what's really important is the person behind them. Cam is a strong advocate for mental health and uses her platform to inspire. Finding role models, support systems, really a village of people to support and elevate you is any athlete's dream. Not only has Cam found her village, but she continues to grow it by staying vulnerable and aligning herself and her motivations with her core values. Using her village of support to elevate her has become second nature for Cam, and we can't wait to see her continue to take it to levels beyond anyone's imagination. So, get ready. Right after we hear from the one who made this season possible, our sponsor, WIS. Going back with our WIS tips series. So tip number five is buy something that lasts for the long term where you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So when you get older, you'll be able to invest in things like diversify, invest in the market. You'll be able to invest in a bunch of different companies with not too much money and that money will grow. And that's what we mean by invest in something that's gonna grow or you'll be able to eventually buy something like a home or buy buy uh, an asset. But wh- when you're younger, you might you might buy something that, um, you know, that, that's not as, as big that you think is a, is a good purchase and it's gonna last you a long time in the future. So that's what you want to do. You want to invest in in things that that don't go away. Yeah. And almost like starting from a young age, investing in things that bring joy or enjoyment. It could be the start and spanning into like you were saying in the long run, like you're investing in stuff that could lead to you getting a house when you're an adult. But growing up, I mean, saving for something that's going to bring you an outward amount of joy that might have a long-term amount of joy that it brings too, becomes something so cool that becomes equally worth that investment like that is an investment in you and in yourself just as much as when you're older and when you're growing up as investing in that enjoyment of being able to have a roof over your head that's your own absolutely All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Strong Girls Pod. I'm here with a very special guest today, one of my dear, dear friends from Stanford, an absolute stud on the basketball court and an even greater human being off the court. This is Miss Cam Brink. Cam, thanks so much for joining me, love. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited. I feel like this gets to be a recorded version of like every conversation we've ever had. So I know. It, it's literally going to be so fun. And I've, I love knowing you as a human being. So I'm excited for this platform to get to know you on an even deeper level than the world knows you so far. So to start, I kind of want to 
start at the very beginning of your background, your Camp Brink origin story of what got you into your sport, when you started, what you did when you were a kid. Let me hear it all. And then let's, for the people who don't know you now, let's hear what you're up to in the present day. Let's get, let's give a little background Cam story. (laughs) Okay. So I play basketball at Stanford. I'm a senior this year, which is crazy to think. But yeah, I think the way I got you know, into basketball. My family is a huge basketball family. We're really tall. It was funny though, growing up, I never really, I always wanted to be the black sheep. I was like, you know, I like art. I'm a girly girl. Like I never really wanted to associate myself with basketball until like sixth grade. I went to a Stanford basketball camp actually. And then they were my first scholarship offer ever, which is kind of weird to think about. So yeah. And then after that, I kind of started to take it seriously. I would say I kind of started late comparatively to other girls, but I think everything aligned. I'm really thankful for my parents not pushing me into it for letting me have my own path with finding, you know, the love for the game and and yeah, the rest is history. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that you started basketball later, but it also makes sense. I've always liked that you have like the artsy girly girl goofy element to you that as serious as you are about your sport as in like as intense as sport gets you still have that element of you that knows how to kind of find that balance and that probably came from starting the sport a little bit later and finding your passions earlier yeah yeah I think so I do I think you know I would have had a completely different experience with sports in general if they were forced on me earlier so my parents are really really great you know they they let me find it you know my own way and and yeah I think you know, that's definitely helps with life later on. I think I'm trying to be a balanced human being because, you know, it's not good to invest too much time into any particular thing. So it's been good. I think, you know, I'm just really thankful for the journey. And yeah, it's just weird to think that it's my final year of college. I know. I've been saying this, but I don't know who let you grow up. I I just think of you coming to me and the whole twins room our senior year when you were a little sophomore living right with us. But looking at, I think, more on the sport side of things, something that we do as Strong Girls, as you know, you've been a mentor with us, but also just like in kind of part of the mental side of practices that we do, something that I have loved bringing onto the podcast and something that I've loved as one of our mentalities is our like three good things thought process. And it's no matter what your days looked like, good, bad, ugly, pretty, everything in it, you can always find three good things. And a practice that we like to encourage with the Girls and Strong Girls United is take a journal, take a moment at the end of each day and write down three good things that happened during that day. And that way you're able to release the negativity, release the bad energy if there has been some that day and really end the day on a positive note that kind of brings you back to the idea of like, no matter how high or low I felt, like I can always find three good things that happened and it makes the whole rest of the day just feel so much better. So on that note, with all the highs and lows of sport, all the extremes and all of the neutrals of basketball, what are your three favorite things or your three good things about sport? I love that. First of all, I think it's so important to practice gratitude because especially me, like I find myself getting, you know, in my head, you know, focusing on the negative. So I think it is really important to practice that gratitude because life really is so good. But for me, basketball, I think my three main things are like it being a competitive outlet for me. I think I have a lot of energy and it being a platform for me to, you know, it's almost like my art. So it's like being able to personify my art is is really important to me, being able to have a space to put my energy out into. I think obviously the relationships is probably the biggest thing. Like I've made 
so many lifelong relationships already, obviously with teammates, but honestly, like I've kind of met you through basketball as well. Like I wouldn't know you if I didn't have Lacey and Lexi, who are my teammates who were roommates with you. So, you know, it just really opens so many relationships for you. And then also probably the opportunity to attend Stanford, you know, without basketball, I wouldn't be able to go to a school like this. So there's so many affordances of basketball for me. Like it, it is absolutely opened my world up. I've been able to travel everywhere around the world. So I think I owe, you know, I owe my life to basketball. When I'm done playing basketball, I'm going to, you know, spend my life trying to give back to people and help them have the same experiences for sure. Oh, that's so <laughs> precious. <laughs> I I love it. And it, there is such a beautiful aspect of sport and a huge, beautiful, hugely beautiful aspect of like college sports too, where you're in like a realm. Of, there are so many other really high level athletes around you and you get to establish these relationships with people in sports that you didn't necessarily play or sometimes didn't even grow up watching or didn't even know that they were a big deal. And I, I just I loved that experience of sport and especially college sport of getting to know and getting to hear stories and getting to experience what it was like in so many different athletics shoes and mindsets it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing we also just have a lot of athletes that we had a lot of athletes on campus so we had a lot of opportunity <laughs> oh yes it's kind of crazy for for listeners who don't know stanford has more sports stanford university has more sports as a as a college than any other college or university nationwide we have 36 sports yeah, yeah, we have 36. We had 36 sports or you guys have 36 sports. I say yeah. we. I, I'm a proud we. alum. I'm a yeah. proud alum. So I still identify as we. But we had 36 sports. We're very 36 sports strong. And we populate. I don't remember the exact percentage. It's either 7 or 11 percent. It's like 7 or 11 percent of the undergrad population. It's one of those numbers. I have no idea which number it is, if I'm being honest. But it's a huge population, especially for a university that's medium sized and it's it's pretty cool. We've we've got a lot of a lot of strength in the athletics community and it's really cool seeing everybody incorporated in. We're just like a bunch of super nerdy athletes, which is kinda cool. <laughs> looking at looking at college and looking at your experience at Stanford, what has balance looked like for you? I've always loved talking to other college athletes about this and just hearing kind of how balance between work life, school life for you, you've kind of got a lot of facets of your life that you keep yourself busy with. And so what does balance look like for you? How do you kind of balance while you're a full time student, full time student athlete, and also kind of managing and working on your own personal brands doing USA basketball stuff? What does that look like? How do you manage it all? Yeah, honestly, like, to be frank, that's something I'm still you know, cultivating and developing today. Like it's definitely, you know, time management, finding a routine that works. It's something that you're always developing, at least for me. So I think where it starts is self-care for me. I'm a huge self-care girly. I love to sit down, do my skincare, do my makeup, do my hair, you know, focus on me. Cause I feel like that's like what I can control. I can control feeling good about myself, feeling clean um, and starting the day off right. So I feel like that always puts me in a good headspace because there are so many other variables, you know, especially going to Stanford, you're going to class, you gotta go get food. You gotta finish your homework on time, go to office hours, go to section. So it's definitely finding your own routine that works for you. And yeah, definitely for me lately, I think is fueling finding, especially with, with hard practice lots. So our practice slot this quarter in fall quarter of Stanford's, you know, 
academic year, we practice from 1245 to 345. And I have class most days from 9 to 1220. So it's really hard for me to find time to fuel and like eat properly before practice. So yeah, I think the biggest thing, especially in season, is just finding time to or just honestly getting the food that will, you know, will like sustain you through practice. That's probably been the most difficult thing, but I'm, you know, waiting for that later practice time slot. Makes You're like much winter easier. quarter, please come quicker. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you keep yourself very busy and like hearing that right now, your practice slot is in the middle of the day when, and I know you're a big lunch girl. So <laughs> it, that's taking up your lunch hours. Looking at the balance, you live a very full life. You have a very busy schedule all the time. And you simplify by like keeping track of what you need to do. You simplify things down of like, I'm super busy, but like that's going to happen. All I need to worry about right now is making sure that I'm fueled for it. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing, like kind of finding the simplicity and all the complications. When you're thinking about that, like kind of in the moment, do you have any other pieces or recommendations? Simplification of like chaos almost, because I feel like that's a really awesome example of just like finding a way to create peace in a chaotic situation. Yeah, I think for me, it's definitely just like writing things down. I think too often I was told, oh, put it in your Google calendar. Da, da, da. I think I'm a very hands-on like writing visual person. So have my planner that I have right here, like writing everything down, visualizing it. And it's like, okay, that's not going to take that long. Or like mentally preparing for each step of the day, I think is really, really helpful for me. And also I think Something I haven't mentioned yet is like leaning on your people. I have so many people on my team. I have my agency just because I am doing so much with NIL and USA Basketball and I just signed with New Balance. There's a lot of calls I need to be on and posts that I need to be making. So I think I've just been really lucky to have a group of people that I can really trust. And I've cultivated those relationships with them that I give them my social media, like they manage that for me. So I'm just, I think it's also like, like you said, recognizing those three good things each day. Like I honestly could end every day, like thankful for the people around me, my village, because they really pour into me and I trust them fully because I really, I can't do it all on my own. And it's, it's super unrealistic to, to feel like you have to do it all on your own because you, you don't have to, you know, I have my parents, I have my boyfriend. So yeah, I think that's what's really getting me through. It's pretty <laughs> it's special. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does take a village. And it's really cool that you have the comfort in being able to lean on your people. Finding your people is such a such a fun piece of like growing up and also being an adult. We just had this conversation about me moving to a new city that I wasn't necessarily as familiar with. And I'm starting to find a friend group that makes me so happy and feel so much joy to be around and you're like oh my gosh thank goodness because finding your people can be really hard to do but once you find them like life just becomes significantly happier and significantly yes. better and so i love that you just casually nodded to the fact that you just signed with new balance <laughs> super super awesome and exciting i think that there's something like really beautiful to correct me if i'm wrong but you're the first you're 1,000% the first female collegiate athlete, like basketball player to sign with New Balance. Are you also the first female basketball player in general to sign with New Balance? Yeah, I'm the first female basketball player. There's a couple other like collegiate athletes, I think, but I'm definitely the first female basketball player, which is like super cool, you know, definitely a bit of that like imposter syndrome sometimes because you're like, there's so many amazing professional players and everything. But I think 
like I align with everything, the brand, like New Balance, like they're just such a great brand through and through. So it's been a dream. It's really been real. It's so beautiful. And I think that it gives you a really unique opportunity to use your platform like as a leader in sport even further than you necessarily have before becoming kind of this leader in this new realm of like your trailblazing for girls who are interested in New Balance or who thought it was kind of cool or maybe didn't know as much about it and then they're like oh my gosh New Balance has got to be pretty cool because Cam Brink uses it then Cam Brink works with them and I think like looking at that how do you go about with NIL dealings with sponsorships how do you kind of pick brands that fit your standard? What are things that you look for in brands that kind of like fulfill your own like guidelines? Like, do you have a set of internal guidelines that you follow, like checking off who you want to partner with? What do you look for? What's the mindset going into kind of these brand deals and stuff that you, you do? Yeah, I think it all kind of ties back to authenticity. You know, I definitely wouldn't want to promote a brand or work with a brand that I myself wouldn't use necessarily, but I've always thought New Balance was the coolest brand. It is funny because I grew up a Nike girl. My parents both work for Nike. You know, that's why we lived in Beaverton. But my mom's first pair of basketball shoes ever were the New Balance 650s. So high top, old school, old school shoe. But now those are my favorite shoes. So I feel like it's just a really full circle moment. I think they're just such an amazing brand. My mom, the fact that my mom like used to wear those like when she played, it's just, it kind of just like really brings it full circle. But yeah, I don't know. I think I've been really lucky to work with brands that have reached out to me that, you know, want to work with me that are excited about partnership. And I think it's all about partnership. It's all about elevating each other and, and camaraderie and working with another brand. So I've I've loved it so far. I've definitely grown a lot since working with brands in the, the start of NIL. Pretty, pretty awesome. And it's very cool, like getting to be a part of it at the very beginning of it all yeah. because of the fact that NIL just came to be like, what, your sophomore year? I want to say is when NIL was released. So that it was kind of like the craziest time. It was like your first full season, first full year on campus, like post COVID. And then it's like NIL's released and it's like, okay, well, this is super exciting as well. I don't know. It's a crazy time, crazy time to be a part of it all and to get to build. And I love that connection to your mom. I think that that's pretty awesome, especially because I feel like we could probably talk about this for the entire hour that we're on this podcast of your relationship with your mom. I feel like there's a lot of pieces of your basketball career and choices that you've made and some stuff that you do and where that really connect to your mom. I would love you to share the story of your number of why you chose your number and what the specialty is and the tattoo and one of the reasons why we became as close to friends as we did all of it let's hear the story of 22. <laughs> yeah so my mama was 22 she played at virginia tech so we're all like 22 we're all connected by that amazing number but yeah my mom grew up with a single mom she was first in her family to attend college, graduate college. She received full D1 scholarship to attend Virginia Tech. By the end of her time there, she was a Hall of Famer in the ACC. So, you know, she really trailblazed for her family. You know, she definitely, like, wasn't supposed to make it out of her small town in Lake George. But, yeah, I mean, if it weren't for basketball, I wouldn't be here. If it weren't for Title IX, I wouldn't be here. She met my father at Virginia Tech. He also played basketball there. So I have 2242 tattooed on my wrist for both their numbers. And, you know, they've, they've just been so instrumental in, in my my process in basketball growing up who I am as a person I, I feel like 
you know, everyone says this about their mom, but my mom truly is just such a special human. And everyone that meets her is touched by her generosity and her, her kindness and her zest for life. And so I think that's just stuff I try to exemplify. And honestly, like she, she's been just the biggest support. So I, I do it for her. I do it for my dad. So 22, best number ever. 22, best number ever. You heard it here. Not that I'm biased or not that we're biased or anything. One of my favorite stories of your mom and when you and I were becoming really, really close because we, God, I want to say that we became close friends your sophomore year, but then really like last year, your junior year and my fifth year is when we had a lot of moments to lean on each other and to really like support each other. And I was sitting next to your mom, like this is one of my favorite memories because she gives great hugs. But I was sitting next to your mom at one of your games and she gave me a huge hug and then was asking about games and everything. And somehow it came up that I also wore the number 22 and she didn't know that. She's like, wait, 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 say that again. What number do you wear? And I was like, 22, just like Kim. And she goes, shut up and like slapped me on the arm and she smacked me. She smacked me and she goes, shut up. That was what my best friend in college and I wore. And yep. so going back to her, one of her college roommate wore number 22 was a volleyball player. And so then I was like, wow, the number 22 just is one of those like angel numbers. And it entered my life in college, entered your life like before you were born but it's such a cool little thing. And I was like, wow, I love the story of the number 22. I was like, we have to talk about this on the podcast. We still need to get Cam and I, for our listeners, we've been talking about how we want to get shoes with number 22 embroidered on them for us so that we can wear them as like our special little moment. The only tough thing for me is that I don't actually wear a shoed sport. I w I'm a barefoot sport, so I wouldn't be able to wear them in sport, but I would wear them off the, you know, I'd wear them off the sand as much as possible. <laughs> but we've been talking about this for years now. Haven't actually ended up doing it, but that's probably well. more on the fact that we, we're busy yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know at some point, at some point we'll have, we'll have it, but we like to keep ourselves busy. I feel like we always say that we want breaks and then we go to take a break and we're like, nah, we I'm good. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm actually good. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that that's, I think that it goes back. Your foundation comes so much from a role of family and so much from a role of support and leaning on people. And for you, I feel like in the last year plus, you've been looking into more of like becoming with your platform, with your role in society of where you've grown into now is like becoming more of a person that people can lean on as somebody to follow for as an advocate. And I was wondering what's your process like and what's, what are your goals as kind of like a leader and advocate for mental health and also for just like being a strong woman in society? What does that kind of like path and journey, what's that looked like for you and how, what does it mean to you to be able to have that opportunity? Yeah, I think I always say this, but I, I've always thought my superpower outside of basketball is being vulnerable. I think I take a lot of pride in vulnerability and, you know, I, I share my stories openly. You know, I've always been open about struggling with anxiety and mental health and, you know, just it's hard to balance everything, being an athlete, being a student athlete. So, yeah, I think I definitely always have wanted to use my platform to spread awareness and just to, you know, let people know that you know, whatever level you're at, whatever you're doing, like you will, like there will always be struggles and finding healthy ways to cope with that kind of stuff. So I've always been a, a huge proponent of mental health and, and just, 
you know, amplifying that. Now I think it's honestly at such a good spot where it's not necessarily a cliche anymore or, you know, kind of a taboo to- topic to talk about. But I think it's just kind of furthering talking about it, just being even more vulnerable about your own experiences and connecting with people on that level. So, yeah, I think it's just for me going forward, it's just finding the right, you know, instances and, and platforms to talk about it on. And people come up to me, I'm always just open and honest. So I think I think that's like the biggest thing for me. And then honestly, like, you know, you said being, you know, role model, I think for me growing up, I had so many strong female role models. And I think that honestly is why I am where I am today. I had my mother, my godmother, who was roommates with my mom, you mentioned earlier, my trainers back home, my trainer, Susan King Borchert played at Stanford. I've had so many successful, strong women in all types of fields that have mentored me. And I think just being that for young girls, especially in the state of Oregon, I've tried to, you know, I've had a couple, now I've had two camps with over 40 girls, even though it was supposed to be 22. But yeah, I think I think I, I, I realized the importance of being a strong female role model and being that for another girl because I know what it felt like. So I think I just find a lot of passion in doing that and, and being that for, for younger girls. It's pretty special. I love that it was originally going to be 22 and then you're like, ah, oh, bring them all. Like, <laughs> yes. Why not? And it's so fun. I, I, those pictures and the videos that I've seen of that, like you have the biggest smile on your yeah. face when you're doing it and the girls have the biggest smiles on their face. I think that there's such a great value in being able to give back to up and coming girls. I think one of my favorite things in the world is to be able to give back as a coach in the way that I'm so grateful for the coaches who gave to me. So it's pretty cool. And I think that's something that you do that's really unique as well is that you really emphasize that your journey was not an easy one coming through basketball. I think it's easy when you kind of become into this status of an All-American contender for a National Player of the Year on all of these watch lists at one of the top performing players consistently year by year. Everybody just kind of thinks of it as like, oh, it's been easy or that it's kind of like an easier journey, like that it's just like it came naturally. And I think you've done a really good job of you're like, no, (laughs) it wasn't always easy. There were a lot of struggles. There was moments of disbelief. There were people who weren't always the most supportive. There were there were haters. There were lovers. There was all of it. And having to work through all of it was like the journey that got you to where you are. And I think that that's such a cool opportunity that you get to kind of like share all of it. Yeah, it's been really cool. I think yeah, like you said, there there's definitely people along the way. There's naysayers, but I think it's just I'm that's why I come back to my village, my people. They always reframe things in a positive light. I think actually coming out of high school was really tough for me. I definitely dealt with a lot of negativity and, and toxic people in high school and I think I was proud enough to you know, I transferred. I transferred high school because I deserve better. And even though that my senior year was cut short because of COVID, you know, I only really did half my senior year in high school. I wouldn't change it for the world. So I think, yeah, like I said, being open and honest about tough situations, like knowing your worth, removing yourself from a situation, you know, that's not for you. I think that was really tough for me. I think there were a lot of just negative people in high school. I think everyone, everyone struggles in high school, in middle school. Like, it's just not a fun time. Everyone's hormones are raging and they're trying to figure out who they are and who they're friends with and what they want to do. But then people just get really mean. And so you're just like, you just have to realize, at least I did, I was around the right people, my parents, my trainers, even friends. They all said it's more about them than it is about you. So I feel like removing myself from the situation, obviously I thrived uh, and then, you know, trained going into 
my freshman year of college, which was just weird also because of the pandemic. But yeah, I think that was probably like the height of negativity in my life. I think since then I've been really lucky to have great people around me. I think honestly, that's a testament to Stanford. I feel like going to a place like Stanford, you're around so many people that have their own things going for them so that, you know, there's just not that kind of same type of jealousy, if that makes sense. But yeah, it definitely hasn't been easy whatsoever. (laughs) No, it has not. And I think that it's a really cool moment for any listener who can relate to that, which I'm sure that there are a lot of unspoken moments that or a lot of people who have unspoken truths that went through a similar struggle. I also went through a huge struggle in high school and it was really not easy and I didn't end up transferring, but there's like a huge piece of it of the power in removing yourself from a situation that brings you a lot more stress or negativity than positivity and finding a situation that does. And if it comes to transferring schools, like do it. For the people who are listening, if you need to make a change that feels like a big and scary change, but you know it'll be for the best for you, be a little selfish. Like there's no shame in being a little bit selfish and like finding that chance of giving yourself the opportunity to thrive as opposed to putting yourself through a serious struggle. The struggles in life will help you to determine who you're going to be, but you shouldn't have to struggle every day in life. Like struggle should be a piece of the journey. They shouldn't be the whole journey. No, I mean, it's all about your ultimate happiness. If something's not working for you, like, I don't know. I think I'm a huge proponent of gut feelings. Like, if you have a gut feeling, go for it. So, so yeah, I don't know. Also, listening, like, taking in people's advice, but also not, like, just really reflecting, journaling, like you said, weighing your emotions, and, and then just making your decision from there. And then if it's not, if, you know, if you regret it, it's not the end of the world. Life goes on. I think that's, like, the biggest thing, too. Like, we also we all put so many not just like with sports in general but with life decisions or things that are stressful you have to think like it's still going to be okay like regardless like you will be fine it'll everything happens for a reason i always i always everything agree there is there's everything does happen for a reason and you were talking about the power of like having this really really positive experience in college and i think that there was a huge piece of you having to find some really unfortunately tougher pieces in high school and learn to make some tough decisions for yourself before you ended up getting this like really happy end of the rainbow that was this Stanford team and your Stanford experience beyond the team. Your team is a bunch of goofballs too. And I think that we could probably talk about your guys' team culture for hours, but what's that? What is that? In a quick little nutshell, what's it been like being a part of this Stanford program? And what's your guys' like team culture like from the insider's perspective? Yeah, I think something interesting about team culture is not every year it's going to be great. I mean, to be honest, last year our team culture wasn't what it was supposed to be, and that's fine. This year we've worked really hard, and now it's honestly amazing. Like, we we see each other for for who we are. We we level with each other. We have open and honest conversations, and I feel like that's like the best way to to build genuine and authentic connection and routine chemistry so we've had a lot of meetings like about leadership what type of what type of leaders we are you know how we receive feedback the best and although those can be uncomfortable conversations for people i think once you kind of see past that it the the benefits outweigh all the other things so i think we feel really great it's so exciting i think that you guys are really destined for some really 
cool opportunities this year and you guys kind of get to come in from an underdog perspective because you've had a bunch of changes a lot of new faces to the team and so you get to channel your inner underdogs this year which is which is very fun being a part of a team that was an underdog team i loved the underdog mentality and i'm actually really excited about it my whole year here at stanford has been like we've only been ranked one and stuff and we've always had that target on our back. So it's definitely going to be a change up to be like, okay, what does it feel like to, to hunt instead of be the hunted? And I'm excited for it. I love that mentality. I <laughs> just, let's highlight that of like, let's learn what it's like to hunt instead of to be the hunted. Heck yeah. yeah. Everybody's still gunning for you because obviously you guys are Stanford basketball and you're still a big name, but you get to gun for others just as much as they're gunning for you and have the confidence to know, like, we've done this before. We can absolutely do this again. What's your favorite memory at Stanford? I I actually, this is ridiculous because I think I I know what you're going to say. So give me two of your favorite memories. (laughs) Um, There's so many. I would definitely say first basketball related one is national championship i think i could talk forever about this year but my freshman year was you know height of the pandemic we started off the year on a really low note we we all were considered high high risk because we were all we were around each other and someone tested positive so we had to quarantine for two weeks and and you know as a freshman that doesn't know what's going on like that was just so hard i was quarantined on thanksgiving we didn't have anywhere to go throughout the rest of the year we lived out of our suitcases basically because stanford's facilities were shut down because of our county's health protocols so basically we drove to santa cruz every every week would only come back for the weekends but we would head to santa cruz stay in a hotel live out of our suitcases couldn't eat meals together we wore these little pucks that would beep red if we came too close within each other so if we were closer than six feet within each other that they it would start to beep red and we we would have to back away so it was just a whirlwind of year and we're so thankful for it but the fact that it ended with the national championship in the bubble in san antonio was absolutely surreal and the year had its you know its side effects definitely i think we all struggled mentally kind of adjusting back to normal life and what that was like but yeah definitely like i think going through all that and winning in the end is by far my favorite standard memory i'll never forget it was that what you were thinking of (laughs) yeah that was absolutely what i was thinking of i was like i feel like this is probably an easy answer for you because that is a really special moment yeah. I feel like you probably have a lot other, of other, like, amazing moments that you could think of that have come from there, but that one probably beats them all out by a good amount. I think probably, like, this sounds super cringy, but on, like, the the normal side, the just student side, my boyfriend and I actually met through a, you know, we met through the Stanford Athlete Marriage Pact which is basically like a survey that athletes fill out and they're matched based off of an algorithm, like a compatibility algorithm. And so my boyfriend now of two and a half years, we met that way. And we met during the pandemic, we snuck out, we weren't supposed to be seeing each other, but we both snuck out. And yeah, ever since he actually asked me out the two nights before the national championship game, which is also kind of like, think of a better time then. (laughs) I would say, yeah. I Come mean, on, I met, Ben. <laughs> no, I met Ben through Stanford as well. So I think meeting, yeah, obviously him, but so many relationships. I think obviously national championship, but I've I've just met so many just incredibly wonderful people. 
week. It's been a special journey. I always forget that until you bring it up again of how you and Ben Matt met on like the athlete match. Um, shout out to the Stanford student athlete social we, events crew. Yes. Yes. And it then, was. Yes. And then I remember the night before they released the results. I think somehow Lacey and Lexi knew because they were on the committee. Lexi but, was on the committee. Yep. Lexi knew. My teammate, one of Charlie's best friends, knew and showed me a picture. She was like, you're, she was like, you're going to be really happy. And I was. <laughs> he's a cutie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things worked out great in that category. So good job, Stanford Social Events. Yes, good uh, job. <laughs> made a lasting, made a lasting, beautiful match out of that one. <laughs> I think it's so fun. There's so many fun memories and so much motivation and drive that comes from the relationships. I feel like your life has been largely surrounded by relationships that motivate you to go farther. What do you consider to be like? Do you have a specific moment? Do you have a specific person or like something that you can think of that you consider to be your inspiration? Yes, I think my biggest inspiration is definitely my, my mom and my dad, especially my mom, because I, I mentioned it before, but she really came from such humble beginnings. She she didn't have a father figure in her life. She had her mom my grandma that worked three different jobs to put food on the table. My grandma would plug in our, her vacuum in her neighbor's house because the electricity would go out. Like she came from humble beginnings and she was first to attend college. She was a stud basketball player. And yeah, I think she just shows me like the true, true value of hard work. And then also I would definitely say another huge inspiration is my trainer, Susan King Borchard. So she actually played at Stanford met her husband at Stanford. He played basketball as well. And it's funny because I always tell people this, but their height difference is absolutely hilarious. She's like 5'5". Five five. She's probably in my ear right now. She's like, no, I'm actually 5'7". She's like 5'5". Five five. And <laughs> he's like seven, seven feet tall. So their height difference is insane. But honestly, both of them, I, I grew up training with them throughout high school. I, I credit to them to all of my body control, how I move, who I am as an athlete. They have taken me and put me you know on this huge pedestal so yeah, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for them and it's just like testament to the Stanford family you know my coaching staff put me in contact with them so those Stanford connections went really deep for sure yeah they run deep and they're really special I love that I think that's hilarious that you're holding her accountable to the five five Susan not. might not be happy when she listens to this <laughs> on the five seven note I'll stand in solidarity with you Susan of, <laughs> we'll say that you're five seven Cam thinks you're five five though but Cam also likes to consider herself shorter than she is. So yeah. your ruler measurements. I, always, I, I see us as like the same height, Char. Like, honestly, I'm like, oh, yeah, Charlie's like my height. But which I'm is really just like, the funniest five. thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I just think it's hilarious because I'm I'm all of six one. Like I yep. am on my tallest of days, six foot one. I am a tall in any basic standards. I am a tall woman. And then I stand next to you, and I am just like a little shrimp. Maybe, yeah. I'm like a little I baby. I don't. Need, I forget how tall I am. Like I'm around you. I'm like, oh, like, and you're like, no, you are. <laughs> I'm like Cam, Cam, Cam. We're we are not. We are not close. Like not you close. are a good six five, pushing six six, and you're like, no, no, no. I swear I'm six four. And I was like, yeah, that's a lie. That's a, said. I've seen pictures of us, and you're almost ahead. Yeah. Yes. 
And you just people guessing. You, know? you do. She keeps everybody on her t- on on their toes. Like yes. you definitely keep us on our toes. It's a Literally. different it's a different measurement each day. Yeah. But it's also fun because again, looking back at the Stanford community, like we have athletes of ranging in size so much. I don't think I ever considered myself to necessarily be like one of the super tall ones. I know that I am one of the super tall ones. Yeah. But I just happened to associate in a friend group where I was one of I was like the second shortest in the whole friend group of all the girls. And you are a nice, a you nice go. solid, you are a nice solid six, five plus. <laughs> when, I, when I became friends with Hannah too, with Hannah Jump for listeners, Hannah Jump is six feet tall. And again, we're standing next to you, Cam. And we, when we're all sitting, we're all the same height. And then we all stand and we're like, what's up, Cam? Like looking up to you. <laughs> so fun it never 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 gets old and pride in all of our wide range of body types and what makes us strong and from the gymnasts at stanford who are pushing five feet tall that are the absolute studliest athletes in the world strongest people definitely pound for pound the strongest athletes on campus are a thousand percent the gymnasts i think if I went pound for pound, I would bet that the gymnasts are stronger than the football players. Um, oh, pe- at least more body can, like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then ranging to from that height all the way up to our tallest of tall basketball players and volleyball players. And I'm barely uh, press anything with me. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm a, I'm great with the legs because I'm a jumper sport. I'm not so much the arm strength sport. And you can block everybody, but you don't necessarily have the have the biggest arms out there. Twig arms. <laughs> they work. They work just good enough for blocking, though. As yeah. the they do their job as the all time blocks leader for Stanford as a junior <laughs> when you broke the record. We were laughing. We were like, oh, my gosh, she has a whole nother year. Nobody's yeah. ever breaking your record. It's going to be hey, fun. I'm not going to break it again. I'm going to in foul trouble again. This, this mm. season, I'm staying on the floor. <laughs> we're staying, we're staying on the floor, but we're also just adding more and more blocks because I know you and blocking is like your favorite thing ever. So It's an addiction at this point. It's so fun. I love it. <laughs> Going going for it at all times. You've got a do or die mentality and you're always going for it. No. It's pretty fun. <laughs> no, always to your positive side. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kim, those are the questions that I have for you. All I have is our little closing remarks. And it's a fun little piece. It's for guests that have come on in the past who are listening. Thank you so much. You're always so inspiring. But on top of it, for all our listeners, I hope that this is as fun for the listeners as it is for me. But we're calling these our Strong Girls United series questions. They follow the pillars of Strong Girls United. For first time listeners, the pillars of Strong Girls United are strong bodies, kind hearts and unstoppable minds. Cam, you know this, we've got all of our little sayings that we used to do as mentors and as a part of this really wonderful program. And following the pillars of our nonprofit, I want to know, how do you keep your body strong? I keep my body strong. Like I said earlier, fueling is a huge thing for me. I think like we talked about, there's so many different types of body types, but my body type, I have a very fast metabolism. So especially when I'm in season doing a bunch of bunch of running and and all that stuff fueling is huge for me and also seeing my favorite strength coach ever andrea hayden (laughs) going and then lifting with her we saw each other so many times lifting 
Oh, yeah. It was the best thing ever. I honestly, between Tyler and Andrea, we had like the best wait staff ever. Um, And I would come in and especially once I finished season, I would come in and coincidentally, you would always be in there when I was in there. (laughs) And I'd be like, hey, Tyler. Hey, Andrea. They're like, did it? Aren't you done? I was like, yeah, but I just I have an addiction to coming in the gym. And then you come in. Tell them about your socks. Oh, yeah. My fun socks. I participated in, I take pride in this. It was my fun sock fifth year. I was the only fifth year on the Stanford Beach Volleyball team, and I wore fun socks every single day to the gym. Yep. I could have never been caught dead in a pair of white socks um, or black socks. They were always patterned. I wore a variety of stance socks. Tyler can probably attest to this. His favorites were my Lucky Charms socks. He definitely had a ranking system, would tease me for my less fun socks. I was like, but hey, objectively, they're more fun than a pair of white socks. They can't all be super primo winners. And he just would laugh. But yeah, so being in the weight room is amazing. What's your favorite food? Because you're a big fueling girl. If you had to pick any food to live off of the rest of your life, what would you pick? Sushi, probably. I know. I want to eat your dad's. I want to go fishing with your dad. We're going to we're going to definitely go on a fishing trip soon. I know. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> we're going to just catch a bunch of fish and then we'll make the sushi ourselves. Just sashimi. Lots and lots of it. <laughs> All right. Next up on our list of questions is how do you keep your heart kind? I keep my heart kind by taking time to myself. I think I definitely can get overwhelmed. And my poor boyfriend, like when I'm stressed, it is a fatal flaw, but I can definitely take things out on other people. So I think being self-aware enough, taking time for myself and making sure I'm not aggro and crazy, I think is huge for me. So recentering and taking deep breaths and just putting things into perspective, like you said, being grateful, practicing gratitude, all that good stuff. I love it. All right. Last, but most certainly not least. As a fellow nerdy girl, how do you keep your mind unstoppable? I keep my mind unstoppable by passing all my classes at Stanford. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, honestly, yes, passing my classes, but also journaling, I think is huge for me. I think it definitely, your mind can get so caught up. It can get, it can get really hectic up there, but taking the time to put things out in paper, lay out your thoughts and just feeling, not like putting off what you're feeling, but really feeling what you're feeling. It sounds so obvious, but it takes practice. And since last year, I've gotten so much better at it. And I just, I feel like I see the world more clearly every single day. So, so yeah, I'm thankful for, for my mind and just taking a second, just take a second to slow down every day. That's what I need to do. I love it. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. Just slow yeah. down and let your mind get back and recenter and rest and recover and then come back so that it can be unstoppable again the next day. Yes. Exactly. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing, Cam. Thank you so much for being on too. This has been such a fun time. This time is blown by also. I know, honestly. <laughs> yes. No, seriously, thank you so much. You are just such an amazing spokesperson for Strong Girls United and I just think you're the most wonderful human, you know. So I adore you. I miss you. And I hope I can see you soon. I know. Hopefully for the listeners, we're recording this 
a little bit earlier than you guys are hearing it right now. And so hopefully, maybe by the time that this is released, you guys will see me maybe getting to surprise Cam and give her a hug sometime soon. I'm trying to work up a trip, but I think it might be fun if I just show up one day on your doorstep and surprise you sometime during season. So we'll see if I can pull off a little bit of shenanigans there and share it with the world. But I have so much love for you, Cam, and I'm so grateful for you sharing this time with us. Likewise, you're the best. For our for all our amazing listeners, thank you again for joining us on an episode of Strong Girls Pod. I'm your host, Charlie Ekstrom, and we will see you soon. Thanks. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on Strong Girls Pod. In the spirit of growing community and inspiring strong girls and women everywhere, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment about our podcast. Tell your friends, family, really everyone to listen in and enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Strong Girls United, a nonprofit with a mission to empower girls to be strong, confident, and resilient through sports mentorship and mental health programming. Visit sgunitedfoundation.org to learn more on how you can get involved today.